This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Good morning, Laurie. everyone. You are listening to the Laurie and Lynn show, just in case you didn't realize that. Because you know what I realized? Every time we open, we never say that. We just launch right into stuff. Well, the first but the other sec- two segments yeah, we do. because they already said, here's Laurie and Lynn. I know, so. but still, I oh. like to make sure people remember it's us. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Nothing like being remembered. <laughs> yeah, things remembered. Yes, indeed. Yes. <clears throat> so. So happy belated Valentine's Day. I was saying all day yesterday, Happy St. Patrick's Day to what? everyone. I don't know why. Somebody told me they wished someone else. No, wait. Somebody wished somebody Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, good, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. But, yeah, see, I guess because I just think St. Patrick's Day should be all the time. I don't know. Oh, I see. Well, then again, so should Valentine's Day. But, uh, <clears throat> who's, who's, comic, who's commenting? Anyway, so um, we did. We did have a good Valentine's Day yes, we fun did. time. We did. We went to Russell's restaurant, and uh, there were six of us there, and uh, we had some wonderful food. And Patrick had his traditional uh, vanilla parfait with uh, chocolate ice sauce mm-hmm. and mashed. Or they, I guess they call them uh, macerated strawberries. Okay, and whipped cream. Yeah. And he was a happy camper. Did not make for good sleeping arrangements later that Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, anyway. um, I don't know how people sleep together anyway, so (laughs) I really don't. (laughs) You have a king or a queen? um, A queen. Oh, God. I I think that initially uh, it was wonderful when he and I lived in two separate yes. houses. We talk about this yes. all the time. That's the secret to a happy marriage. I think it is. <laughs> I absolutely think it is. But when he moved back to, when he moved to Clark Summit and where we live now, it took me a long time to get used to being able to fall asleep with someone next, next to me. Next to you, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, it was a strange thing that, uh, yes, I mean, we, at that point we were married. What was it, like? five years or something but it was only on the weekends when we were physically together in a sleeping in a bed so five days seven days a week was just i needed those in between days to just really go into a deep sleep and have nobody Mm -hmm. flipping the covers or doing other bizarro things so now i just i don't even pay attention i mean yeah i I I, I, now i'm so set in my ways of being 
you know, living and being alone, um, you know, in my house with my bed to myself that I don't really, if you have a king size, it is not an issue. And I yes. totally, because when we go yeah. on vacation, it's not a problem at all. And we have king size, but it, my, I don't have a king size bed, nor could I really, I probably could fit it, but I didn't get it. And I just got a new mattress and stuff last January. So, um, it, it's it, it, there's I just like it now I like to be and I think I'm all over the bed but really when I wake up the one side of my bed is completely untouched anyway I so sleep. I don't but I feel like I'm everywhere yeah you know but mm-hmm. I just kind of like that aloneness <laughs> you know that old there's a long song song line of, and one of Eddie Money's song it says he go he's like I hate to sleep alone and I'm thinking oh god I used to love that line now it's like no Mm-hmm. Not more. No. Yeah, I know. King, so. I'm with you. Yeah. Queen or lower, forget it. No, I. Whenever we go to visit my sister, my mom's bed. She tells me that my mom's bed is a queen size bed, and I said there is no way that is a queen it's size full, bed. Probably full, right? That's what I think it uh-huh. is because when the two of us lay down on that bed, if our shoulders are touching, I say it's not. That's not a queen. Yeah. So every time we go, it's always a, a contest of uh-huh. tossing and turning. Right. And it's, it's, oh, I hate it. I know. I hate and it. we sound like we're complaining. We're not. We are, but we're not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's so just reality. It's reality. It, it's how it is. Yes. And um, somehow we learn to adapt to it, and I think all people do. Uh-huh. Then I say to myself when I do that, I think... Lynn, just think of how many people really don't even have mattresses to sleep on. Exactly. So quit complaining. That's yeah, what, right. Yeah. But don't you remember shows when we were younger and the the, the bedrooms would be two twin beds oh, in a, like course. a master bedroom and you of would think, course. oh, that's, now you know why. That's, they had the right idea. <laughs> no, that, you was, know? that was the censors who were on that. <laughs> I know, but still, they did have the right idea. Oh, it was so funny there to look go. at that. Yes. But we have to say, so we had... Patrick A. DiNapoli and Lynn Evans. And he was in rare form last yeah, night. Big time. He day. won the award. Yeah. And then, of course, you had yours truly and Meyer Moskowitz. And then we had Deb Dudley and her date for the night, Mr. Randy Williams. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun. We did. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to be in that little nook that we like off of the yeah. bar at Russell's. Yeah. It's very mm-hmm. nice. So we had fun, and it was a nice night. It was busy. Very busy. And Laurie bought some wonderful, goodies wonderful goodies. From our girl from Nibbles and Bits. Nibbles and Bits, yes. Yes, I always go and I bought chocolate-covered strawberries this year. Mm-hmm. So I gave those, and I bought Ann Cadden RN, six of them. And mm-hmm. then I bought um, a dozen of them and I took them to people and said, take some. And it's because that was nice. And then um, I always, last year I realized that Randy and... Deb Dudley and Evie Rafalco McNulty and I had dinner with together for Valentine's night because oh. Meyer had gone away that day. Mm-hmm. And so we went up to Russell's because my thing popped up on Facebook that said a year ago. Oh, yeah. And I remember bringing them um, some type of a like buckeye, a uh, heart shaped buckeye. And I think uh-huh. this time it was a solid heart filled with peanut butter. Very nice. Mm. And then you got your favorite buckeyes. Yeah, dark um, chocolate, yes. Dark and milk for our boyfriend. Yes. And how about Lynn? She said, I appreciate the kindness of your Valentine. However, if you only got milk, I wouldn't have been offended because then I wouldn't have been tempted to eat them. But now since you bought me six <laughs> dark chocolate, I have to eat them. 
<laughs> now, yes. did you taste any and of them? Damn you! Uh, no, I did not. I didn't because I wonder night. what the dark chocolate tastes like. I don't. Well, I've had tons of dark chocolate and peanut butter combination oh, things, and I mm-hmm. love it. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's good. Yes. So it was a nice night. It um, was, and then when we got busy home, day, but Patrick uh, gave me two really nice uh, Valentine's Day cards Aww. that he and his buddy Arnie Flam, Flim Flam. Yep, we have to give him a shout out. Mr. Flam took him to the Hallmark store in Clark Summit. Oh, and got and him, and he got, picked them up. And I said, Aww, I said, Patrick, did did you did um, Arnie get some for Jeannie Flam? He said, Of course. Now that doesn't mean anything, but yeah. that's what he thinks. Mm-hmm. So, Jeannie and Arnie, thanks for your help. And then they went to get some lunch at Dino and Francesca. As he said. What did he say? When Dino's in the kitchen making pizza, it's wonderful. And what did I sing then? Someone's in the kitchen with with Dino. Yep. (laughs) I had to, Lynn. I had to break out. You know, that's... I get it. But anyway. um, So, yeah, we... It was a very nice... And then Ann Cadnaren called, and we yes, passed it did. all around to say hi to her. Yeah, and happy Valentine's Day. Yes. So by the end, I think she was like, all right, goodbye, Laurie. Yeah. I've talked uh-huh. to enough of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, but did, Patch was in rare form. Yes. He was quite on the money last he, night. Well, he had some a new audience. Yeah. You know, so all of his jokes and all of his lines. Uh-huh. And there, there are those that, you know, we didn't get to, but... But how about we were able to set them up with a few oh, of them? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. So what were you going to ask me? Um, oh, so when you got home, you said something about you didn't get any Valentine's Day gifts yet. Yes, because Meyer dropped them off at my house, and I wasn't home all day yesterday until I got home at quarter to 10. Beautiful, beautiful confetti roses, which are my favorite. They're like the yellow with the tipped in orangey red, and they throw a pink for some reason to me because those two colors, it doesn't really, but it does. Um, The colors are kind of really interesting. And so they were there with these little berries that match and it's beautiful. Barbara did it. He got it from my sister, Barbara Cadden, which is Cadden Florist. And it was beautiful. And then he had two boxes of candy Mm -hmm. um, there. He went to Dunmore Candy Kitchen, Uh another one of our favorites. And he got me some peanut butter cups and chip clusters. They're potato chips and they put, they're so good. And then he bought me a little one of those traditional red fabric hearts with a couple candies in there. Very so nice. I said to him last night when I called, I said, you have to eat the ones with gluten in them. Oh. <laughs> because some of them have some gluten, like the pretzel really? and the Jordan, as I call it, crackers, Jordan crackers, yes. stuff like that. He's like, I'll be happy to. But Meyer's not a chocolate guy. I know. He doesn't usually and I'm not. I that. mean, I like vanilla better than chocolate, too. We both yes. do. But I like chocolate. But once I have a piece or two, I'm done. Mm. Like, I don't care if I see it a while, um, I see it again for a while. I'm not that kind of, although the older I've gotten, the more I enjoy chocolate. But like chocolate ice cream, chocolate cake, stuff like, no, no, I could care less. I went to a very interesting restaurant last Saturday afternoon. It was called uh, La Charcuterie. And where? And it was in Strasbourg on Main what? Street. Yeah, where? In Strasbourg. Um, 
I'm trying to. Th well, do you know where the Chamber of Commerce is? In it's on the main drag. Seventh Seventh Street is where you come in. That used to be. There's a big new building there, and a PNC other office on the other side of it. There's an old store that used to be a JJ Newberry's. Um, it was one of those. Uh, what did they call them? Like near Dunkel Burgers? We're from Dunkel Down Burger. from Dunkel Down, Burgers. Okay. Down so from Dunkel Burgers towards the next ex exit. To get on eight. I, right. I know where you're at. Okay. okay. So on that side of the main street. Okay. Is it? Is it near? It, it used to be like a, it's like a, a they have um, ice cream and, and lunch. No. Is that the one? Okay. No, no, no. This is, this is truly a French charcuterie. Which oh, means all right. It's you all know, I know. Meats. Meat and cheese and right. stuff like that. Meat yeah. I didn't hear the, you say the name. I'm sorry. But there is one right there. It's uh, Maybe it's called the Creamery or something that has uh, sandwiches and ice cream. Yes. Okay. I know where you mean. All yes. Right. So that it's is right the name there. of it. I didn't hear you yes. say that. All right. It's La Charcuterie. I love it. And um, I met my friend Jack Killian there who lives in uh, Long Valley, New Jersey. So it was a good halfway point for both of to us. To yeah. And I just arbitrarily picked it because I was looking through, I don't know what it was, Open Table or something on an app. And so I looked at it and I thought, this is fun. This is all French food. I can't wait to go. So we got there and we had this fabulous lunch. Just all kinds of served incredible... Served on like a, like a cutting board or yes, something? Yes, served yeah. on mm -hmm. a... A piece of slate right, it actually cool. was and um and they had soups and they had um just really wonderful things and including the charcuterie boards where you could order the meat and the cheese right. so um i found he was there about two minutes before me i saw him pull in and then i had to go around someplace and find a place to park so in that two or three minutes that i wasn't there he started talking to the waitress yeah. And the waitress was a woman who works there on the weekends. And we found out later that she has a radio show on, um, I forget what the number is, someplace in, in the Poconos, a local radio station called Sista Chat. And it's about women who um, go through whatever life experiences and, and they all, it's all a supportive thing. So... We started talking back and forth, back and forth, and it was just really a fascinating day because I never knew half of this stuff existed in that town, and it's all relatively new. But the interesting piece to this is the woman who owns the restaurant is also the current mayor of Stroudsburg. Oh, my God. And just one re-election. <laughs> and, you know, I saw that she, woman won. That's, yeah, that's neat. We'll talk, we're going to continue. Something? I, think I, I don't wanna, yeah. remember her name. But, yeah, we're going to talk about it when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening this morning to the Laurie and Lynn Show. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn. Now, back to Laurie and Lynn. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm devoted to the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And uh, my name is Laurie Cadden. I'm the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And you were continuing your conversation. I was trying to look it up, but then I no. hit the... 
I forget what it is, but um, I don't remember the woman's name, which is not a good thing because it's always good to know that you, you first know, female, you and I, yeah, female mm-hmm. office holders, and uh, she did such a fabulous job of, um, I guess you call it reinvigorating Main Street in downtown Stroudsburg. So many new businesses opened up that it was it's really a spectacular place to be and so, how was that place crowded when you went in no it wasn't because it for some well, it was a crappy time. day too yeah. i mean it was really yucky in the morning at the ice and all the other business but um as the day went on yes people did start coming in well and, you know that i go to my favorite place that my mexican place up on main street in Strasbourg, marita's and yes. it's a chain restaurant but i love it mm-hmm. and it it's been there for years and years and years and we go we take a ride up they have the best salsa and chips and food it's it's a tex-mexy more than anything but it's wonderful so so there's lots going on in the poconos which is a very good thing i'm i'm happy to to report that because it was kind of dying on the vine there you know nothing new happening and all we heard about was crime and violence you know which is not a good thing for any rep of any town but I think they've done some really good things to turn that around, and it's it's a nice destination. It's a little cute little town. Yeah. Well, you know, I lived in East Stroudsburg for a while. When? Um, from 1992 to 1995. For three years, we were there. For what? When you were married? Yeah. Oh, when I didn't we moved know that. back from Philadelphia. Mm. Um, Actually, when Sean was born, we lived in a, a, t- a townhouse development called Walnut Grove um, off of 447 in East Stroudsburg, but it was Stroud Township. Um, Tommy actually went to kindergarten. He went to preschool at a little school in Stroudsburg right across down the street from where you were and across um, called Children's Academic Learning Center. Tommy, he went there and then he went to kindergarten at Notre Dame Elementary in, um, I guess that's East, in East Stroudsburg. So, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. so we were there, lived in Buck Hill and then there for two years before we moved back to um Dunmore, Scranton area. So, um, yeah, it's cute, but it's hard to get into those places. Like when you need yes. to, it, it, to, to, to get in, I say, to make friends and be a lot of, there's so many people who are from New York and New Jersey coming in and, um, they're wonderful, but they bring their, they come with their own, their families, like th- yes. brothers and sisters and people move in and they're very, it, it becomes sort of clannish with among themselves. And that's, um, that's redundant, but you know what I'm saying. It was yes. a little bit hard to do that, to kind of yeah, well, that feel is, connected. That is what the Poconos is, unfortunately. Exactly. It's just nobody's, and I said that to Jack. I, he said, you know, something about how long this place has been here. I said, it probably has gone through many iterations uh-huh. because the reality is there aren't that many people here who've actually been born and raised here. And I don't know that, the, that Stroudsburg is is t- I know when I lived there, I think they used to say Stroudsburg when they show you maps of is more Lehigh Valley-ish yes. than mm-hmm. the Poconos because mm-hmm. it's, it's down on the other side. So, um, but it, and it's so close to New York. I mean, literally it's an hour away, Yeah, which is why it's like a perfect location for that. And so many people commute, I live there and commute to many places in the Poconos mm-hmm. and commute into the city. Um, yep. 
but is it's a it's a it's a great little area and easy to get to and it's nice well i'd like to go back to something that we talked about a couple weeks ago that i don't think i really ever finished but i was telling you about a woman who had been a guest on my podcast. Her name is Mary Helen Conroy, and she wrote a book called Your Amazing Itty Bitty Retirement Book. And this Your Amazing Itty Bitty Anything book is apparently a series. Right. Like the ones, uh, something for dummies. Uh You know, that. Right. It's that kind of a, a brand. So she was telling me that they will they will accept almost anything as long as you have it <clears throat> on a topic where there are some people that would be interested in listening to it so here's some other ones it said uh, your amazing itty bitty empty nesters survival handbook your amazing itty bitty sexuality for seniors book your amazing itty bitty staying young at any age book and then it says are any of our other itty bitty books available online so I have in front of me something that's actually a paperback book. I mean, it's it's not just something you read online. But the name of her book is obviously the retirement book. But she said the subtitle is 15 Essential Tips for You, the Nearly and Newly Retired. There were a couple in here I think we talked about once before, but there are still some that I think are very interesting because we don't think about these things. We just kind of fall into retirement and one of the tips that she talks about is what did you learn today and she said when was the last time you were so engrossed in learning something that the time flew by you enjoy the luxury of allowing yourself to not scan a piece of information but to truly fit the pieces of learning together in your head just for you number one be curious Retirement gives you the time to be eager to learn anything. Two, invent. Have you always wanted to create a new product, a new website, a new recipe? Three, enhance a skill. Build on what you know. Get better at something just for you. Four, keep the brain synapsing. (laughs) Using the mental skills today keeps you from losing them tomorrow. And number five, go back to school. You're never too old. Teachers appreciate the wisdom that seniors can provide to the class. I can say that one of my, well, two, the couple of clients of mine have really taken that to the ultimate degree in that the wife, who was a professional, um, went back to school, used to just love to go for the cooking classes and ended up that she now has a full degree in the culinary arts. She is going on a master's degree. She's learned techniques and tricks of every different type of cooking, loves doing it. And her husband is taking all these courses to do things that he always wanted to do or do better, as she suggests in here, like small machine repair, all kinds of things like that that you can just have a workshop and just uh-huh. go through Tinker. all these things. Yeah. And they absolutely love it. And it's just, I'm just thrilled to see that in somebody that they are so engrossed in doing something. And they're, they're very young. I mean, they retired early, which is a wonderful thing too. But it's just great to see people continuing to do things like that. Yeah, it's neat. I also, when I thought about this, um, enhance a skill. I don't know what prompted 
Patrick the other day say something to me about the piano that we have at the lake. Uh-huh. And the piano is it's a very interesting piano story because it was my grandmother's on my mom's side. It was her piano. And her father, at the time, they didn't have cars, so they drove um, wagons and horses and stuff like that into New York City to Brooklyn. And this guy made these custom-made um, pianos. They, this was an upright piano. And he had it made for her and brought it back to the house in North Scranton and put it in the front room where she learned to play the piano. And so when my grandmother passed, my mother took the piano and put it in her basement. And then when she mm. decided to move to um, Philadelphia to be with my sister, she couldn't take it with her. So she begged me to please take the piano because she couldn't stand the fact that it would be thrown away somewhere and chopped up for wood and that'd be the end right. of it. So I took the piano and it is in the basement of uh, the place at the lake. And I keep thinking to myself, every time I go up there, I go down and play around with it because I did take lessons when I lived in Westside and um, McGowdy, I think her name was. She was a woman who lived in one of the side streets there. And I used to go there every week and I had my assignments and I had a practice on a different piano that we had in the house on North Main Avenue. And when I looked at that stuff, I remembered that the bench had uh, just tons and tons of printed music that were some of the books that I learned from yeah. and also the ones that my mother kept. And these were sheet music that she had from some of the songs that she learned to play when it was from the 50s and 60s. And um, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and um, all these wonderful Hoagie Carmichael. It's just amazing. And I sit down and I look at that stuff and I look at the music and I know that I know how to play it. But it is so agonizing to try to get both hands on the right keys and then switch it and move it. And, you just <laughs> and your foot, too, whatever oh, that yeah. thing is on the... the. I don't even think about the foot. At this point, I just want to get the notes right. But it just reminded me of how long ago I learned that when I was a kid and how I could sit down at a piano now and, and start to play. It sounds junky, but there are some songbooks that I used to rehearse with that I can open them now and just start to play them. Uh -huh. And it's just fun to do that. And I think, wow, one of my dreams always was... To learn how to play. No, the not to learn. What I always wanted was to have a house that had a room that was big enough with windows all around it where I could put a baby grand piano and just play. Uh -huh. And, I, you know, that's one of my things. Well, to I, be honest, that's I have a baby grand in my house because yes. Tommy played. Yes. And um, it's beautiful. It's an old refurbished lounge yeah, uh, yeah. piano. And um, I... I want to learn how to play because every time I look at it, I walk in my door. It's the first thing I see because uh -huh. it's off to my left. And I and I think I want to take, but I want someone to come to my house. Like, I don't well, want to go. Do. I don't know anybody really, though. So I have to look. I really have to do that because it's something I want to do. Yes. And I've never done it. 
Mm-hmm. And I just think it's, I have, there's something about the keys. I think I, I don't know how to read music. I know nothing, but I just want to learn and do something on that piano because nobody plays it. That's right. It just sits there and collects dust. Right. But I found out that in order to bring, well, these keys were made of wood, not ivory. They were made of wood. So a lot of the, the keys are the piece that was put on top of it is gone. Yeah. So somebody has to re build that and then tune it and the cost was going to be somewhere in the vicinity of a thousand dollars you know you can tune a piano but you can't tune a fish <laughs> that's a patrick line he'd See, like that yeah you'd yeah, like that oh god oh, yeah. and it costs both Lynn. Huh? yeah right <laughs> <laughs> it costs about 400 bucks to move it uh, from that's, her and basement then, to mine. Yeah, well, and then getting it upstairs oh. or anywhere from yours, plus yes. the tuning and the whole, yes. you know, you move a piano and it's not, and you have to, like I have a humidifier in my piano yes. plug it to keep, because I have mine, which you shouldn't, mine's near a window, like yes. four windows, so um, it's pulled back a little, but that's why we have that to control it. And you can see the little thing beep and when, when it's ready for oh, water, really? it's amazing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Good. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show, and we will be right back. It's Saturday morning with Laurie and Lynn. Now, back to Laurie and Lynn. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening. This You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show, and I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And my name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of Women of Substance LLC, which is a financial planning firm devoted to the financial needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast on um, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play called power of the purse and before the break we were talking about a book that a friend of mine who was a guest on on the podcast uh, mary helen conroy she wrote a book called your amazing itty bitty retirement book and she put in 15 essential tips for you the nearly and newly retired we just talked about one about learning continuing to learn and she questions, asks yourself this question every day. What did you learn today? If that becomes a focus, that's good. Another one, she said, tip number 10, you got to have friends. She put that in quotes. If you want to break into song, you go right in. Ah. <laughs> I won't. Oh, good. Okay. Um, okay, so she said, remember all the friends you had, neighborhood pals, school chums, parenting buddies, work colleagues. Now you will have more time to look around. You want someone to play with again, and no one is there. Loneliness affects one in five retirees, so you got to have friends. Uh-huh. The value of friendship, number one, companionship. Life is always better together. Two, conversations. Talking with a friend may be a simple Facebook post to an evening of chatting. Three, a helping hand. A friend has your back in good times and bad. Four, laughter. Friends know what you'll think is funny. Five, advice. A friend can help to provide a reality check and see different ways to look at your problems. 
That's and then she said tips for finding a friend. Ask yourself why do I want a friend? What qualities should my new friend have? Join something. Join a church group, a Scrabble game at the park, a book club, volunteer, or check out meetup.com. Have you ever gone to that no, one? No. I do that one. It's great. You can go in there and look for people who share an interest. So I went in because I was looking for people over the age of 55 who wanted to play tennis. Yeah. And all these people just keep saying, yeah, I'm here. I'll do it like this time, that time, whatever. And you can actually put it all together right from there and say okay let's all get to birchwood and uh, i got six o'clock um start time show up there and we'll play so you can create these Groups events of, yeah for people well, who have neat. similar meet interests up. meet up dot com. com yeah dot com okay and so it's for anything i mean it can be whatever you want to do tattoo um <laughs> no we're not going there <laughs> I'll just let our listeners think about what that was because I can't put it on the air. Oh, God. I'm trying to keep this a, a G-rated thing. Okay, girl? So, anyway. Oh, that was um, There were plenty of them. You can go on there and look at groups that are already created by other people and see, oh, there's what I'd like to do. And like she said about Scrabble in the park. Yeah, they think that's There are neat. people that do board games and go to different places like uh, coffee shops and say, 4 o'clock, we're coming there to play, I don't know what, um, Parcheesi or something. Yeah, I Show think that's up. cool. It's pretty neat. It's a neat thing to do. So, it, it, friendship is really, really important. And this is, this is the same woman I think I, I told you about her once before that she made a decision. She was yes, going to have the 52 coffee. cups yeah. of coffee yeah. with 52 new people in the course Random of the year. Random people. And she would go to a coffee shop and put a little sign on the table and said uh, was something like i'm here i'm here for talking or come talk to me or whatever i think it's great and people would just come over and sit down and start chatting with her and she said i made the most incredible friends connections to things that i never thought i would ever do <laughs> but i just love that idea i think, I think that is really neat uh, I like that. And and do you remember those books years ago, similar to what this is? They're cute little paperback, heavy cart, like paperback books, little. And it said Little Miss, and then it was like Little Miss this, Little Miss personality, Little Miss congeniality, Little Miss shy, Little Miss. It was all about th different things that little girls were. Yeah. And you could get a book about it, and they were these little caricatures caricatures that they drew it was adorable it was called little miss i'm gonna have to google that and see if i um can find them yeah. but that's sort of what that's reminding me of the, the what's the name of her the book a big what's it called her book yeah little you're no. amazing you're ama okay that's itty bitty right retirement see? book yes and that's a series she told me i should go online to that place and if i have an idea for a book to write they help you put it all together yeah. So you can do your amazing itty bitty retirement book, or your amazing itty bitty book on any subject. Just get it. Um, it's about a hundred. How many pages is it all together? Oh my gosh, it's not even that. It's a total of thirty-five pages. So anybody yeah. who'd like to be an author, that'd be a great place to get started. I think it's. I and, think there's. It's really fun. And that's not. It, it's it, because it isn't that much. Right. It, how, let's see, hold it up. Let me see it, Lynn. Okay, what for is everyone the, at home. Yeah, so we can see. No, but let me see the inside, the printing. How big is oh, the printing? Oh, it's big. 
Is it so? Oh, it's, see each page. Yeah, so that's not. That's neat. Yeah, it's not. It's nothing. Maybe you I should not, write a book. You, you could think not, I should? Lynn? I think you should. What are we going to call it? Event What's planning? The, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. A fundraising. Yes. Uh, a fundraising relationship events. building. Stuff like that. Yeah, that's exactly. Cool. I love it. Because you certainly have that down Yeah, I know. Down to a mad science. Yeah. <laughs> mad science. Yeah, you that's got it. it. The mad scientist. So, yes, yeah, so they could never put on that other one. It couldn't, so it's meet up. It couldn't be hook up because, <laughs> because, seriously, like I was thinking, I use that term all the time. I know and you do. We all do, like yes. our generation, yes. our generation. Yes. But like my kids will say to me, Mom, why do you say Yes. yes. I said, because that didn't mean that when we <laughs> say it. So I, I say it on purpose. Which is the reason why they didn't call it hookup. They I know that's the reason they didn't. I know. I was thinking of that the whole time. That's the oh, reason. Man. But I like, you know, I always say that. I know you do. Let's hook up. We'll do this, and and, and then when I know someone's uh, when someone says it to me, I'm like yes, because <laughs> you know they're on. We're all thinking the normal way that that means the so. normal way or the usual way. The it's old just, way. Yeah, Let's there you it. go. I don't like there to use go. old, but what the heck? Yeah, we'll well, say it's it. the old way. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So what? What did you have? You had something else. I'm yeah. sorry, interrupt it. No, I just think What's that. What's that other book you have there? Permanent? Oh, this is a woman's guide to navigating retirement. Yeah. Which I think is a hoot because some of it I would never tell anybody to do, but this woman. And do you believe it? No. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I I would refute much much of what she says. Not necessarily all of it, but just there's an attitude of something in here. This. There's this recognition of uh, fundamental vulnerability that you have to get past. And I, I don't think that's true. Do you find that more people ask you questions? Like, did you ever see that commercial for, I don't know which one it is, Fidelity maybe, the, the investment firm? And they're saying, oh, like the, the questions they ask Susie Orman, like, I want to buy this. Oh, yeah. Can I do that? Like, do people really ask you or do you find most people just do what they think they can do? They don't need you or anyone else to tell them that they can do it. No, I think most people do. Do uh, they? Yes, they do. Because they know that it, it quest the question is, how do I buy it if I want it? And how will this affect the plan that we have in place? Right. So... If it's a car, let's say, and this is maybe they have a child who's going off to college and they the child wants a car because they're going to be going far away and they want to be able to get back and forth within driving distance. So the question is, well, do we go and buy a new car because it's safer, blah, 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 or do we buy a used car because it's something we can afford to pay for in cash and let them run it through the system as much as they want? Well, it really depends on, on what your values are, what you feel about what your children expect and what you want for them. So I can tell you as one couple that they would automatically get the newest car they could because they think safety is most important yes and the can and the different the technology how that changes and yes. the and the what's the other word all the, the bells and whistles like i see people driving holding a cell phone mm -hmm. and i think oh my god i yeah. i, I it's so much i'm so used to the blue my it built into the, the bluetooth i yes. think 
I'm so happy I don't, because I do find that I pay much more attention not holding anything. Even oh, sure. if I'm talking, I just it's pay attention. It's just, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's okay. That makes sense. Yeah, but, that you makes know, we can go sense. back. Cars are a whole other story, I think. Well, we can go back seven or eight years in, in the model year and still have Bluetooth. No, I know, you know? that, but some bl- don't. I mean, that's <laughs> well, what. I know. So that's why I'm saying. Or you can put you, it in your ear. Or but... you put it brand new. Right. You know, brand new car. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. But then what are the expectations you're giving to your children that when they want something, they get the newest and the best all the time? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But it. if yeah, and that's the thing. If you can afford it, okay. But in a lot of cases, and I think we've talked about this before, there are parents who will buy those things for their kids, even if it means they're not putting money away for their own retirement. I know. And I find that more obviously you you'll agree, it's baby boomer parents who do it more than anybody Absolutely. ever. Ever, and I don't even think the generations after us will do the same that we do for our children. I just don't. No, I agree. I agree. And why do you think that is? Because I think we came from a world where our parents and their values around money came from their parents who lived through the depression. depression, Right, went through the depression, right. So they saved so much money and never spent it, which is why the baby boomers are now inheriting trillions of dollars from our parents mm-hmm. because that was their their theory about money you save the money for the rainy day and there was also a sense that you wanted to leave a legacy to your children mm-hmm. and okay most of them probably also paid for college or helped pay for college if their children went to college and in many cases baby boomer people are first generation who went to college because their right, parents right. couldn't afford it. Right. So there's a whole lot of pressure from society to do things a little bit differently. But And every generation subsequent to that wants to try to do better than their parents did for them. This is the first generation of people who may not be able to make that happen. Right. Because we're not savers. I know. And so there ain't nothing there. So it's not that we're going to make our children in a better place than we were because there isn't going to be a whole lot to give to them. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> I also want to say um, one thing too. I meant to say this earlier. Um, my cousin, Michelle Cadden Hayes, is opening up her bakery on in the 300 a, pl- a pen next week. It's called Electric City Bakehouse. And um, Michelle's dad was my first cousin, Jerry. Catton, and I'm so I'm so delighted for it. It looks beautiful. Um, I just was talking to her early today, earlier today, and she I'm just so excited for it. So, another young woman in business starting Yay. off and downtown Yay. in that wonderful block, the 300 of Penn. So it's all going to be good. So good luck to our darling Michelle Cadden Hayes, and it's Electric City Bakehouse. Nice. Okay, so we're going to leave you for this week. We thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next week. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.